Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back. Hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. May the 4th be with you. I am Jeff Dean, and uh, glad to be with you guys here on this fabulous day. Look at this right here. Arizona football right here on Twitter. May the 4th be with you. Thank you, Arizona football, for recognizing this wonderful holiday. And uh, that's a cool graphic. They they do such a phenomenal job there. Our digital gurus team is Absolutely amazing. Like, the, the work that John Daly and Mike Baldwin and, I, I mean, I'm going to miss about 17 people that I should be thanking and naming over there for the job that they do. Uh, but everyone over there in that building, you know who you are. Uh, I hope you feel appreciated. They do a phenomenal job and keeping us entertained, even though if it's just for a few seconds as we scroll through and be like, oh, cool, okay, cool graphic. Moving on. Uh, look, I, we know that you put a lot of hours in, and uh, it's totally worth it. And uh, thank you guys for that. So, do a phenomenal job, and uh, and uh, thank you for continuing to keeping the uh, my cell phone wallpapers flowing. I have so so many that I've you know taken from Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and uh, they put a ton of them out there, and I'm always giving them a hard time. I'm like, I need more, need more, please. Let's do, let's get on this. So uh, fun times there. Now the NFL announced this morning. That they have, uh, they have decided on the five games that are going to be played overseas. There are going to be five uh, for the first time in NFL history, and for also for the first time in NFL history, a regular season game is going to be played in Germany, uh, the home of FC Bayern Munich, as the Seattle Seahawks will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That game will be played. Bright and early, it's well. Let's see, uh, by that time, daylight savings time will have kicked in, so it'll be seven thirty. Arizona time on November 13th. So get up bright and early to watch the game in uh, in Germany on November 13th. If you're really dying to see the Seahawks and the Buccaneers uh, play over there, it'd be cool to see the the atmosphere at least uh, to see what kind of what kind of a crowd that they get there. Um, also, the league announced that there's going to be three games in London as the Vikings and the Saints are going to play on October 2nd. The Giants and the Packers. Packers playing overseas for the first time in franchise history. They were the only team remaining, only team of the 32 remaining that had never played a game overseas. That game's going to be played October 9th at Tottenham Stadium. And then at Wembley Stadium the day before Halloween, the Denver Broncos taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the big news, and we'll talk about this with, uh, with Tyler Drake coming up, in just about 25 minutes or so, as the San Francisco 49ers, a, a, a divisional game. Like, you don't see that too often. This is going to be a divisional game in Mexico as the San Francisco 49ers take on the Arizona Cardinals in the Estadio Azteca, and they are going to be it's, – it's a Cardinals home game. So the Cardinals essentially losing a traditional home game to a division rival late in the season. They cannot be happy about that. Uh, that's a that's a Monday night game in Mexico, and look, I'm just going to call it right now. That's a home game for the 49ers. Like that's <laughs> that's a home game for the 49ers. You're, you're, you'll see, you'll see when we when it when it all comes down to it, there will be the, the stadium will be overwhelmingly in favor of the 49ers in that game. So Cardinals losing 
the, uh, the the essential home crowd effect. And the, four, look, the 49ers and the Cardinals, 49ers haven't played the Cardinals well, specifically in the building in Glendale. So uh, that's kind of a big loss for the Cardinals. Now, granted, November 21st, things, you know, the, the writing may be already on the wall for either and or both of those teams by the time that November 21st game comes along. So a lot of football still to be played, obviously, until then, and we have no idea what the records are going to be. But just kind of reading the tea leaves, you know, if it, it, look, there's a lot of doom and gloom going on right now around the Arizona Cardinals after DeAndre Hopkins got served, you know, served his six-game suspension for the PED usage. Um, oh, guys, son, what did I see on Twitter? I think I saw it yesterday. There were Cardinal fans going out there, and they were – Cardinal fans were on the rampage yesterday and basically like, oh, and as, as sports fans are, you know – accustomed to doing as well hell just human beings in general you see it all the time whether it be sports or politics or whatever uh the point finger somebody else <laughs> like our guy was suspended six game for traces of an illegal substance yet there's a player a player who's uh, you know wrapped up in a uh, 22 person uh you know lawsuit for sexual misconduct just take your medicine okay Take your medicine, deal with it. He wasn't even he wasn't even using it. He wasn't even active at the time. He was trying to recover. First of all, you don't know that. Okay, you don't know what what the motivation was behind it. It could have been it could have been completely something else, like something else entirely different. Now, I, I when I had Tyler on two weeks ago, and I asked him, I said, "Hey, you know, just." Off, just on the air, I surprised the hell out of him. I've, I feel bad for surprising him like that, dropping it on him, but that's what I tend to do sometimes. I said, hey, what are you hearing about DeAndre Hopkins? I've heard he's got something going on, like some kind of a medical issue going on, whether it's like a blood issue or like a blood disease or something. And he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Jeff. Even he, he like texts me after the show. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. And I'm like, I just look into it. Like, just tell me, you know, look into it and tell me what's fine. And then, and then, you know, Monday we get the the news that uh, that he'd been suspended for six games and he was like, oh, is that the blood issue you were talking about? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll talk about that. But here's the thing, like, I don't know that that information is incorrect. Still, like, I don't think that that the information that I received about there's something going on with DeAndre, like medical wise, health wise. I don't know if if that's just you know, oh, it was a steroid you know, test, uh, you know, a PED test that came back uh, positive. Like, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem still could be that he's got something going on, like that there was there's something wrong with him, like he's got some kind of an, an ailment or an illness or something, and he was taking medicine for that, and maybe something in that medicine triggered the positive response. So, uh, again, there's a, lo- there's a lot to uncover from that. If it is, in fact, if it if it was the use of PEDs, um, this is this is nothing new. I mean, this is something we're seeing from athletes, uh, you know, across the board. Not maybe not in the in the NHL so much, but uh, I don't think I think it's been God. I think it's been a long, long time since they've had a a PED positive test in the NHL. Regardless, this isn't this isn't a young player who's trying to make his way in the league. This isn't David Boston, right? Remember, remember David Boston. The guy looked like the Incredible Hulk. Like, I saw Dave in the, in the, in the locker room. <laughs> he didn't look like any of the other players in that locker room. Like, I remember going to that and I was like, whoa. <laughs> who, 
where'd you where'd you get those? Like I've never seen muscles like that in my life. The guy was absolutely chiseled out of stone, and he was massive. Like he was he was muscle bound to a certain degree. Like he couldn't barely put his arms above his head. He was so muscle bound. It's probably part of the reason why he wasn't able to catch as as many many passes as he as he could. Um, this is not a a, a a situation where a young player is trying to break into the league or trying to get a you know a big time contract or something. DeAndre's been there. He's got you know he had had the biggest wide receiver contract in the history of the game up until uh, just a few weeks ago. Still has one of the highest. I think he's the fourth highest paid receiver in the league right now. So this is not a situation of that this is we're seeing aging players, and this has been the trend, at least in the NFL. This has been the trend for for quite some time. Uh, also in Major League Baseball too. I mean, it, it's, it's they're taking it to recover. They're taking it to help them recuperate. They're helping. They're taking it so that they can they can rehab faster and get back on the field. Because again, you, you you hear it once, you hear it a million times. The best ability is availability, and I firmly believe in that. And there's a lot of players in you know, regardless of the league, NFL, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, whatever have you. There's a lot of players that I would pass on if I were administrator and you know a, a personnel uh, director, and so to speak, that I would pass on because they they just have a a history of being injured. They they have a history of being unavailable, and you can't pay somebody who's going to be unavailable like that all the time. So, um, I get it. Uh, the 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 notion is is that look, you know, they're not going to test me while I'm rehabbing an injury. I'll just take this, and I've got the masking agent, and you know the guy that gave it to me said it's foolproof, and then, bang, you test positive. Again, I don't know what happened. I don't know what all is going on with DeAndre Hopkins. I think there's still something else that we don't know about yet, and these things may come to light, may come public, or they may not. And if they don't, then we'll just wait those six games of the regular season until week seven comes and he gets back on the field with Kyler Murray and we'll see if that makes a difference in the Cardinals season. I don't expect great things from the Cardinals early on in the season. They're going to be breaking in new receivers. They're going to – and look, the offense for the most part is intact. You've got your offensive line. For the most part, they're all coming back. It's going to be intact. If they can stay healthy, stay together, obviously chemistry huge on the offensive line. Zach Ertz, who developed pretty much immediate chemistry with Kyler Murray, very impressive actually last season. They re-signed him. He'll be back on the field, and with a full offseason of workouts under his belt, I think he'll be more effective. But the returning you know, wide receivers in the skill position, outside the numbers, slot position, those kind of guys, eh, I mean, yeah, you got Rondell Moore in his second season, and you got Antoine Wesley, and then you got a rookie coming in, two rookies coming in for that matter, so it's going to be interesting to see what that offense looks like and if they're going to rely on Kyler's athleticism just a little bit more than I think they would like to. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see about that. Just quit, uh, Just a quick look here at the um, at the uh, the poll that I put up there. Do you think that retaliation is necessary in the uh, in the realm of here the NBA in this particular instance with the uh, the Dylan Brooks situation? Uh, many votes coming in. The uh, the overwhelming response: sixty three percent of you say that revenge is not the solution for this. Now, as, as I mentioned before, uh, I think that 
that there is some kind of retaliation coming and that it should be coming, but not in the sense of trying to injure somebody or end their postseason or you know whatever have you. Not not the big blow. You, you know, don't don't uh, don't kill the fly with the cannonball. Uh, what you what you want to do is make it a concerted effort over time over the remainder of this series to make life living hell for Dylan Brooks. Not that they wouldn't be doing it anyways, but you're going to be paying a little more attention when he's got the ball. Uh, you're going to be paying a little more attention on how hard you play him, how hard you foul him, those kinds of things, how hard you go at him. Maybe maybe he's going to take a charge. Maybe you're willing to 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 give up that offensive foul for a knee to the chest, right? Uh, that's, that's a basketball play. If he's standing there in the lane, he wants to take a charge. That's, you know, that's on him. I, I, I applaud people that take charges and Dylan, you know, Dylan's a pretty tough guy. Uh, big dude too, but maybe instead of dishing the ball or taking your Euro step around it, maybe you just go full speed knee right to the chest and uh, see if he can recover from that. Knock the wind out of him a little bit. All those things are just little things that you can do to remind him that what he did is unacceptable. And, Look, his response that he had, I, I felt like he immediately turned around to Gary Payton and went went to him on the floor, knew that what he did was wrong. He knew it, knew it from the get, which is why I know that it wasn't intentional and, and while it was over the top, and I don't want to use the word malicious, I'm trying to think of maybe a, a, a synonym that is, fam, you know, is close enough to, to malicious without it being the, the air of intent, essentially, but regardless... It was dirty, uh, and it was brutal, and you've ended that man's season by fracturing his elbow. So, again, not intended. I know that. We all, I think we're all aware of that. Uh, but certainly no place for that in, uh, in the game of basketball. It happens, though. It happens. Guys are going to take swipes at one another. And, uh, of course, the association in, in, you know, in, the, in the playoffs, that's, it, it all gets ramped up that much more. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll continue with this and uh, some more NFL, and then we'll have uh, Tyler Drake on talking to Arizona Cardinals coming up in just a few minutes. That's more on the next uh, more on the Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Jeff Dean Show here on this Wednesday. and uh, going to be having Tyler Drake on here in just about, oh, about 10 minutes or so. We'll be joined by our Cardinals insider to talk Arizona Cardinals and everything that's gone on since the last time we talked. We'll uh, have a lot of information about DeAndre Hopkins and some of the uh, some of the new look Arizona Cardinals that are in camp right now. Some of the uh, UDFA's that they've invited. One of them being a former Arizona Wildcat, and I shouldn't say former, always an Arizona Wildcat, but uh, certainly in in, uh, in camp along with uh, former teammate Jace Whitaker is Anthony Pandy. So we'll talk with uh, we'll talk with Tyler Drake about that and some other things going on in uh, the world of the Cardinals coming up in just a little bit. Uh, last night in the NHL playoffs, the Panthers, my Florida Panthers, squandered a home a home ice advantage uh, in their opening round series against the Capitals. And I kind of saw it coming, you know, a couple hours before the game, the Capitals announced that Alexander Ovechkin was going to play. He's going to be you know, he's gonna be ready to go. And, oh, here we go. Ovi 
coming in to be the savior one more time for the Caps, uh, and they lose that. Uh, the, the Panthers lose that game four two, so they have lost home court, home ice advantage now in that series. Um, they'll play again uh, tomorrow night. The Avalanche crushed the Predators. Not even I think that game was was it seven nothing at one point. It ended up seven two. I think it was either it was either seven nothing or seven to one. One of the two. Regardless, uh, that is a lopsided series, and it's very evident that that's the way it's going to go uh, based on game number one. Calgary gets a shutout, a one nothing win over the Stars in their opening round matchup, and in an instant classic last night. The Pittsburgh Penguins outlast the New York Rangers in the Garden in triple overtime. Now, that game probably should have ended in regulation. With about three minutes to go, I was watching that. The Rangers get a, uh, get a goal, and there was kind of a crash in front of the net. The goalie had gotten taken out. The Rangers get a goal. They go to the they go to the monitors to, uh, to, you know, to check the legitimacy of it. They wave the goal off, which I thought was uh, – I don't. I didn't agree with it at all. A lot of times, I do agree. Uh, the, NHL, like their review process, to me, is the most accurate of of all of the sports that I watch. When I'm watching, there are plenty of times where I'm disagreeing, and they're like, "Oh, okay, you know, in college or NFL or NBA, whatever." Uh, there's a lot of times I disagree. The NHLs, like I, I would say that I agree with the NHL rulings probably ninety percent plus of the time in their reviews. They usually get it right. Last night they got it wrong. Rangers got screwed in that game. Uh, and I felt like that goal should have been allowed. That would have made it 4-3 with about three minutes to go. Who knows what happens at that point. You know, the Pens have to go empty net with the amount of talent that they have. In fact, they almost got the game winner with like 21 seconds. They crashed the net. Evgeny Malkin takes his shot uh, and misses, and it was a legitimate scoring opportunity, and then gets a thumb in the eye for his uh, for his troubles. So... <laughs> Welcome to the NHL. Not welcome. He's been around for a long time, but that's the way they uh, that's the way they do things in NHL. Like, oh, you're gonna take a shot at my guy. Thirty seconds left in the game. Get a thumb in the eye. But that's gonna be a fun series. I knew that was gonna be a good one. Um, and last night, a triple overtime game that lasted four and a half hours, and uh, an instant classic. I told you, I love NHL playoffs, man. Stanley Cup playoffs are just they're the best, and uh, very very excited about the whole postseason here coming up. The the NFL decided, you know, they essentially they ruled on that Hugh Jackson issue, right? Where Hugh Jackson, um, you know, had brought that, uh, you know, brought the, the the lawsuit to light of the NFL about the Browns tanking, openly tanking for draft picks, wanting him to lose games when he was the head coach. The NFL did their did their and made their investigation. They found that. None of his claims were substantial. None of them were legitimate. And now the Browns may be looking to litigate against against their former coach, Hugh Jackson, basically uh, saying you have defamed the character of the of the franchise by bringing this type of stuff out uh, in, you know, in your lies and all this other stuff. Now they may have litigation against Hugh Jackson. So no love lost between those two. That should be fun. I, I mean, really, the Cleveland, you're the, you're the Cleveland Browns. Can you, can you really have your reputation marred any worse than you've already done for yourself? Let's be honest here. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll talk some Cardinals with our Cardinals insider Tyler Drake next here on the Jeff Dean Show. 
Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this Wednesday morning. And it's time to talk some Arizona Cardinals as we do so often on Wednesdays at 8.30. And, of course, we're doing it with our Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports, Tyler Drake, joining us on the air right now. Tyler, welcome to the show. May the 4th be with you, my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great day. Great Star Wars day. I got the mm-hmm. Kenobi trailer came came out today. So, yeah, yes. starting off good. Oh, you, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. Okay. As soon as I get off this call, I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> yeah, at 9.01, I'm going to watch it. So, I'm looking, looking forward to that. Um. Looking forward to a lot of things, including watching a Monday night game in Mexico, a game that the Cardinals are going to be hosting, which means that they are going to lose a valuable home field advantage to a division rival. What are your thoughts immediately on the announcement from the NFL on that game? Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, a lot of people is are, are going to that of just, you know, we're, they're losing a home game, but at the same time, it's a Monday night football game, international game, you know, uh, they've got a footprint down in Mexico. So I think it's still going to be a very much Cardinals majority fan base down there. So you think so? I, I, I think you can still look at it as a home game. I think, see, I think the opposite. I think it's going to be overwhelmingly 49ers faithful at, in that, okay. in that stadium. Cause it, it was the last time they played. Of course, Cardinals were, uh, were coming off a four win season that year. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It might be different this time. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing now. Uh, Matt Mayoko, who is a, you know, the great staff writer, beat writer for the, uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, now he mentioned something interesting about the week leading up because, you know, when you play in Mexico City, 7,000 feet in the air, I mean, that makes Mile High Stadium look like a molehill. The weeks leading up to going to Mexico, teams have been scheduled to play oftentimes uh, in, a, in another high elevation city in fact the air force academy has hosted a game before for teams to come in and play a game i wonder what the nfl is is going to do about uh, about that if, if either of these teams are going to be playing in a in a higher elevation city not that there are many more uh in the in the nfl as far as geographically wise yeah yeah you got to think uh let's see i mean probably the denver game would have to be right around then then i would i would assume uh just depending on how the schedule shakes out. But, yeah, I mean, that would be really the only other high-altitude stadium off the top of my head, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought it was weird. Like, I'm like, well, and they, and I know I know that because the 49ers played a neutral site game at Air Force, which was it was crazy. But that was, you know, many years ago, and I think the NFL will probably move away from something like that. But it's still interesting to think of because both of those teams will then be playing in a much higher altitude than they're accustomed to. I mean, in fact, I mean, I'm guessing that, that Arizona, the Cardinals, probably play in, like, the second or third highest elevated city in the NFL. Yeah, probably. And, and yeah, you got to think. You also have to take into account, you know, potentially if anybody has to sit out because of that high elevation. That's, that's always something to look at, too, is, is there's always that one or, two, one or two players that, you know, has an issue with dealing with that elevation. So that's something to watch as well. Speaking of uh, players sitting out, let's talk about the DeAndre Hopkins situation. You and I have, have been discussing this for several weeks now and what was going on. The last time I had you on, I kind of hit you with a surprise, uh, you know, about some some information possibly coming out about DeAndre Hopkins. What, what I thought or what I was told was an illness turned out to be 
a positive drug test for PEDs plus a masking agent landing him on the NFL's six-game suspension list to start the season. Your thoughts immediately once you found out that news earlier this week? Well, my first thought was, wow, Jeff, uh, Jeff was onto something there. I should have, uh, should have dug a little deeper. But uh, at the same time, you know, so actually it's not with the masking agent this time around. They updated the policy to where it is just that six-game suspension is for a positive test. So it would be eight games now if there's the masking agent as well. Oh, okay. But, yeah, initial thought is, initial thought is just such a huge blow. It, I mean, it's the biggest blow this team could have other than losing a Kyler Murray for the season type deal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen this offense uh, run without Hopkins. We've seen how rough it's gone without Hopkins. And now – I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's talked about it this whole offseason about how he needs the game plan better with Hopkins off the field, and, and now we're going to see right away if he has figured that out or if we're going to be rolling into this season just like we were ending last season. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you begin to game plan? I, I was talking about earlier in the show. I mean, you got Zach Ertz back, and, and it seemed like he got instant uh, chemistry with Kyler uh, when he came in last season, of course, we'll have an entire offseason, maybe, uh, to work with Kyler if Kyler decides to show up, and we'll talk about that uh, later on in, in our interview. Uh, but, I mean, other than Rondell Moore, and you got A.J. Green, who I thought, honestly, was uh, more of a hindrance than he was a help when he was on the field for the Cardinals last year, certainly a couple of gaffes that may have even cost them games in certain aspects. But I mean, you look at that offense, and without DeAndre Hopkins, they may have to rely a hell of a lot more on Kyler Murray, especially with the loss in the backfield as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just it's going to be a group effort. I mean, we've got A.J. Green, you've got Rondell Moore, you've got Marquise Brown. So those three right there, that's probably going to be your main three. And then sure. from there, you've got Zach Ertz, uh, Trey McBride, if, if he latches on and, and can uh, get some good chemistry with Kyler right away and then – We'll see on Max Williams. There's no timetable on his return yet, but if he's available too, that's another uh, option that they could use. He he was going to have a career career year last year, but uh, ended up having that season-ending knee injury. So uh, a lot of options still out there, but it's just, I mean, it's how the defense is going to play them now. I mean, there's no Hopkins on the field, so unless Marquise Brown shows right away that he can command a double team or, or, or things like that, I mean, the secondary is going – it's not going to be on one side of the field for most of the game now. It's going to be spread out, and we saw what happens with the A.J. Green. Like, he didn't have a terrible season to start out, but as soon as he had that gaffe when he didn't turn around against the Packers and then Hopkins going down, I mean, he wasn't the same uh, same receiver in that offense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this – the, the trade for Hollywood Brown, now it looks like, I mean, obviously now that we know, looking in hindsight, when the Cardinals knew they were going to be without DeAndre Hopkins at some point when he, once he dropped the appeal, uh, this was a necessary move for them. What are the thoughts around the building as far as the value and what they gave? Because personally I think it was a tremendous amount of value, but there are other people around the league who think the Cardinals gave up too much. Yeah, I, I don't know why, how people can look at it that way because yeah. not only did they get a receiver, they got a third-round pick, which they used on another position of need at an outside linebacker. So I just think it, it's it's for people to say that that's a bad trade is just pretty ridiculous. And when and this was before the Hopkins things even came out. Like <clears throat> Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, and A.J. Green, like that four right there is a yeah. very good core. But once you take Hopkins out, yeah, there's there's a huge dip. But I, you know, I consider Marquise Brown uh, not necessarily like a full blown 
legit number one guy, but I see him above a number two. So he's like a one and a half for me. So if you can really get him to, you know, get that chemistry with Tyler Murray built back up from their college days at Oklahoma, they spent two years together. Uh, I mean, this trade could go a long way. And it's not just about what happens on the field. It's also about what's going on off the field with the whole Kyler Murray contract situation. And getting a guy like that, a a buddy of his, only signals to me that, like, the next step is getting this contract extension done in a month or two or, 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 yeah, July, September. We're talking with Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports here on the Jeff Dean Show. You can follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports. All right, Tyler, if if you're thinking about one area, one thing that Kyler Murray needs to improve on, we, we've seen we've seen him improve in his ball skills, at least, you know, throwing the football. He's a very, very talented thrower of the football. We've seen him be able to compose himself a little bit longer, go through his possessions a little bit longer when when the, when a play tends to break down or when it's a longer developing play. We've seen him uh, be able to kind of work through that and mature in that aspect of the quarterback position. What is the one area that you think Kyler needs to, to make that next step in the NFL to make them playoff game winning contenders? They didn't want a playoff game yet, so what's that next step that he needs to take? What's the one thing he needs to do? I think it's really just about, you know, staying in Kingsbury's offense and rolling with what they have. And, you know, obviously Kyler is a magician when it comes to trying to figure things out on the fly and, and getting out of, uh, you know, sacks and things like that. But I think it's when he tries to do too much is when they get in a lot of trouble. And I felt like that Rams game was a good example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, interception when he was trying to throw it out of the end zone. I mean, that's that's the biggest example I think I could have. But I think it's just staying in the the means of the offense. And when you need to, you know, get out there and, and kind of uh, scramble and do something else, that's when, he, that's when he's at his best. But trying to – get that huge play on the first, uh, you know, the fir- on a first down, you know, that's, that's just, I feel like sometimes he gets stuck in that. And then it's just these quick three and outs, quick three and outs, quick three and outs, and then turn around and that, and the opposing offense just, you know, gasses the defense and there we go. So I think it's a big part of, you know, staying with the scheme uh, and, and being able to, you know, flip the script when you need to. And, and, you know, just realizing when the best time to run is and when the best time to throw that football, because, he goes down again. That's just that's going to be another huge thing for the Cardinals to get over without Hopkins too in these first six games. Follow up question with a different angle to it: Is Cliff Kingsbury? You mentioned staying within Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Is Cliff Kingsbury's offense worth staying in? Because you know Cardinal fans are going to pull their their damn hair out if they see another zero yard pass turn into a one yard or a negative a negative play. And those continue to happen over and over and over again, and getting guys behind the line of scrimmage. And it's, it just seems like the offense is going backwards or nowhere once the ball has been delivered. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I think it's just going back to what he said this offseason. You know, he, he owned up to him not scheming and not game planning the right way, especially with Hopkins. But even with, you know, when he was on the field, with getting A.J. Green more involved, with getting Rondell more, more passes past the line of scrimmage, because I think he averaged like maybe a yard past the line, not, maybe yeah. not even that. But so uh, it's just it's, it's things like that that it's really going to be on him now. Like, I mean, these first couple games, we're going to see right away how much work he put in this offseason to change this off, offense to remedy what happened at the end of last season. And it's almost the exact same situation. I mean, Hopkins is going to miss six games. He missed seven games last year. So you've got to look at that and be, and really say like, hey, now you've got to show us like 
put up or shut up right now. Like, this is your time to show everybody how much of an offensive savant you can be and why they brought you in to do what you do. On your article on Arizona Sports, you have some important NFL dates for the Cardinals. And I want to jump right to June 14th because that's the veterans minicamp when that begins. That is a non-voluntary minicamp. That is something that you must report to. Do you expect Kyler Murray to be there in camp on June 14th? I do. I actually do. I think he's going to not go to any of the other voluntary work uh, workouts that they have planned, but I do think when it comes down to mandatory stuff, he is going to show up. I think that's just, uh, you know, now it's I feel like the, the tide of the Kyler Murray contract situation has gone from, you know, let's let's take shots at each other to now it's let's play nice for a little bit, almost like a good cop, bad cop situation. So I think he shows up. I think they continue to play nice. And then, yeah, like I said, I think they hammer out something in the next couple months. Now here's another important date for you. I don't know when it is scheduled to come out, but the actual NFL schedule is now a huge date for the Arizona Cardinals because – they need to find out who they're playing and where they're playing them in those first six weeks of the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, May 12th, I believe, is the date that that okay. is going to get released. I knew it's coming so, up uh, soon, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Circle that for sure. I should put that date in that story, actually. So, uh, yeah, good on that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, definitely, yeah, it's going to be huge. I mean, if, if, it's, if it's the gauntlet of division rivals, I mean, who knows? I, to be honest, if, if they can get out of there 3-3, three and three, that's, that's, that's a yeah. win. You, if yeah. you can get out of six games, at 500 without DeAndre Hopkins, that is a win in my book if you're the Arizona Cardinals. Because we saw last year what happens when Hopkins is not on the field. They have a lot of lot, losses just pile up. So if you can limit the damage to a 3-3, three and 4-2, three, and two, I mean 4-2 and two would be at – that'd be incredible. I would, yeah. I would say they, they've fared the, uh, the storm really well if they could get to 4-2. and two. But 3-3 three and three is kind of my mark. If they can get to there, season's not, a, not you know – falling apart, dumpster fire, and I think they could probably rebound from that. What do you think the odds are the NFL gives them a bye week, four, five, or six? I don't think so. I feel like it's going to be, uh, you know, that uh, probably after the international game. Yeah. Oh, you think it'll be that late in the Is season? That, like a, like a, like a week be. like a week 12? Because that would be like, that's probably, because that game's November 21st, and if you look at last year's schedule, that game was played in Week 11. They played November 21st against the Seahawks last year on week, in Week 11. So I, I, it's possible. I mean, it could, they could be looking at another Week 12 bye. Not that it would affect the DeAndre Hopkins suspension, uh, but it would be actually be worse for them if they had the bye week because he still wouldn't be able to be involved. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I just, I, I just keep thinking, you know, if they're playing Monday night, internationally you would think they were going to do the schedule to where they get that by the next week but who knows i mean nfl yeah. we'll find out in a little over a week but <laughs> yep, yeah that's, that's kind of my thinking right now <laughs> that'll be interesting <laughs> uh, you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see man uh, they you know i think they i think they're going to get a little bit of a break in the schedule this year i i just i'm, I'm kind of feeling it that that's that's kind of the way it's going to happen not not that the nfl is going to give them a break i just think it's going to shake out kind of situationally to where it works in their favor a little bit um and look, it, look, it's important for the Cardinals that you know maybe you get you know maybe you get an early game against Seattle or an early game against San Francisco when they're trying to work out Trey Lance and uh, you know figure out exactly how he fits in and let him work up his lather and get in his rhythm. Maybe you get like a Week Three matchup against the Niners or something like that where you can really take advantage of not having DeAndre in a divisional game. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, even with that 49ers team, you know, as much as Trey Lance is, is still very much unproven, that defense is still really solid. So, uh, you know, I think if they get them in the first couple of weeks, that might be bad news just because, I mean, that are, or it could really be that real big test of, hey, let's see what you uh, worked on this offseason because you have a ton of time now to game plan around Hopkins being gone. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of tests early on. It's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, eyeballs on the team and, and just on how their production is really offensively. It's just, it's a huge blow. It's it's It went from, wow, they have probably one of the best wide receiver cores in the league to, oh, mm-hmm. man, like A.J. Green is, <laughs> is your everyday starter again. Yeah. Yeah, and Hollywood Brown. That'll. I don't think it'll take long for him to integrate himself into this offense. Just the kind of the the, the receiver that he is. I don't think it'll take him long. Connor, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the the Cardinals draft and also their UDFA's that they brought in. What are you, what are your thoughts? Some some news and notes, some opinions from you on that. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously, you know, the trade was a big, big, uh, big thing that happened in day one. Day two, I thought was pretty surprising for, I think, a lot of in a lot of people's minds just because they went out and got Colorado State tight end Trey McBride. Yeah, by but far and away the best tight end in the draft, by the way. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, another another weapon for Kyler, which is awesome. So, I mean, they doubled down really in, in the first two days. And, you know, looking at it, talking to Cliff after, after that pick, uh, Max Williams, there's no real timetable on him with that knee injury so as much as he's rehabbing as much as he's trying to get back they just don't really know right now when he's gonna you know be back on the field so yeah. having McBride to pair with a Zach Ertz I mean that's the dude it sounds like the dude can do it all his highlights uh, you know speak for themselves and uh, yeah he can block he can catch uh, dude dude really wanted to come to Arizona so uh, yeah it's uh, I think I think uh, a lot of people are going to knock that because I think a lot of people thought pass rusher for sure. Like I was one of those guys who thought, oh, they're going to get a pass rusher now. But you know, using that uh, extra pick from the tr- Brown trade to get Cam Tom- Thomas and uh, My J Sanders in the third with the two thirds they had, that was good. I thought that was solid too. You know, it's going to be a. I think it's for the most part going to be a committee driven. Yep. position opposite of Marcus Golden. So why not get a couple bodies that want to play or eager to play? I mean, Cam Thomas is a, is a JJ Watt clone from what Steve Kime said. And you get one of those guys to learn from, from a, from the guy next to him like that. I mean, Zach Allen's a perfect example of that from last year. I thought he took a step forward. So you get a guy like that in there wants to learn from a guy like JJ Watt, Marcus Golden, and my Jay Sanders, he seems like he could really turn it on. He's, he's still bulking up. He was 228 at the combine. Bumped up to 248, I think, recently. Now he's getting up to 251, 252. So uh, getting that weight on. And then, you know, uh, they got a running back, Keontae Ingram from USC, who I want to see more from his pass-catching ability. I think that's what they really need to figure out right now. Uh, Outside of that, though, uh, I thought the funniest – Funniest quote of the whole draft was Christian Matthew, the cornerback from Valdosta State, saying that he can't wait to go up against DeAndre Hopkins in practice. So that's uh, well, he's going to wait a little while longer, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he'll he'll get to see him in preseason at least. That's true; he will get to see him in preseason. Yeah. Good so, uh, so yeah, <laughs> the fact that he had to uh, give him a shot and call them old—that was pretty funny. Uh, said wow. he grew up watching him, and he uses the wow. term "grow up" so that uh, he makes him feel old. Young man is feeling himself. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, I'm going to be <laughs> from Valdosta right State, <laughs> basically a community college in Georgia. All right. Well, uh, good luck to him on that. Uh, see how that see how that works out for him. 
Tyler, Gotta respect the confidence, I think. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, confidence is key in the big league. So that's uh, that's that you got. Oh have yeah, it. Tyler. As always, thank you, man. I appreciate the time. We uh, we look forward to the next time we'll talk with you uh, coming up soon. Uh, you know, we'll have the NFL schedule coming up uh, as you mentioned, May twelfth, which is next Thursday, and we'll uh, we'll be continue talking to you about uh, Cardinal stuff all the way leading up to the season, through the season, and uh, after the season. So we'll talk to you soon, man. Have a good day. All right, you too. That is Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports. He is our Cardinals insider. You can follow him at TDrake4Sports. You can always read his articles on Arizona Sports as well. I'm going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Went by really fast. Man, just flew right by. Uh, Bruce Pascoe, of course, uh, Arizona Daily Star writer for Arizona Basketball. As uh, he mentioned in in an article yesterday that Arizona is one of the eight schools to have expressed interest in a transfer from St. Bonaventure. He's a a 6'3 guard, Kyle Lofton. He's a uh, a, a ball-dominant guard, kind of a bulldog kind of kid. Uh, He was a first-time All-Atlantic pick last year as a uh, senior. He averaged 14.5 points, 5.5 assists, and and 3.5 rebounds per game. He's also possibly testing the NBA draft waters as well. But according to John Rothstein, uh, he has also drawn interest from the likes of Purdue, Rutgers, Florida, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Seton Hall, and Kansas State. So we'll keep uh, keep you uh, posted to obviously anything that happens with uh, Arizona recruiting and transfers and things like that for Arizona basketball. You can obviously find out information here on the show or you can – Follow all the people that you follow on Twitter and uh, these other outlets that are out there, whether you still read the the newspaper, the digital version of the newspaper, if you will, and uh, plenty of other things. And, of course, listening to Spears and Ali every day from 3 to 6 p.m. as they got some great information for you as well. Justin always got his ear to the ground and that kind of stuff. He's uh, certainly well-traveled in those circles and uh, is well-connected and uh, has got great information for you as well. Uh, Trevon Mason. Defensive tackle for the uh, the Wildcats last few seasons has uh, is uh, accepted an invite to New York Jets minicamp. So we wish him all the best. Trevon played well while he was here and uh, fought through a lot of things and always had production on the field. Uh, you know, as the PA announcer for the last four seasons called his name quite a bit on the defensive side of the ball, and that doesn't happen a lot at Arizona football where you're calling defensive tackles for tackles in games. They just Unfortunately, over the years, it has not been a focus uh, for Arizona to be able to have uh, beefy defensive tackles that stop the run. Or if they have, uh, they just haven't been enough of them to, uh, to you know, negate the double teams and such that opposing teams are going to put on Arizona when they ran the football. So uh, good luck to Trevon Mason. He balled out hard while he was here. Wish him all the best in the league with the New York Jets and uh, maybe uh, a spot on their roster at some point. So good luck to him there. Tonight in the NHL, Boston Carolina Game 2, Tampa Bay Toronto Game 2, St. Louis at Minnesota Game 2, and the uh, Kings and Edmonton Game 2 as well. Uh, Carolina, Toronto, St. Louis, and uh, the Kings all winners in Game 1, holding a 1-0 lead 
in those series. And then, of course, the Phoenix Suns tonight in action. Game two against the Mavericks. You can hear that right here on ESPN Tucson as we are your Tucson home for the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. Prior to that, it'll be uh, Philadelphia, Miami. See if Philadelphia can stay within 20 of the uh, the Miami Heat without Joel Embiid tonight. Thanks to my guest, Tyler Drake, for joining us to talk Arizona Cardinals football. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in the studio for pushing all the right buttons and keeping us on the air here. And thanks to you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys again tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, right here on the Jeff Dean Show, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.